Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky back as we uh, as we continue to slog through the offseason, Buck. Although I, I sometimes find these episodes that uh, we get to kind of go where we want to go, and it's it's wide open range to be some of the more fun episodes. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great, DJ. I'm doing great. You talk about all the different things that are going on because it's the offseason. You not only have the NBA going, you have college baseball. The College World Series is about to kick off soon. We got softball going. We got hockey. We got everything going except for our sport, even though we are excited about OTAs and mini camps that are on the horizon. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of a cool time. It's a little time to get a little rest, um, but then also start gearing up as we uh, as we march towards training camp, which will be here before you know it. Um, some ground we're going to cover today. We're going to continue on with our series where we're doing this draft series, going position by position, and saying who we would uh, who we would select uh, going into next year at each position. So it's been fun. We've knocked out the quarterbacks already. Uh, that got a lot of attention. That was a fun one. Uh, today we're going to jump in and do the running back. So we'll have our running back draft. Um, and then we're also going to continue on with our hits and misses uh, series. So we did the twenty-seven or the 2016 draft last episode. We'll do 2017 today. 
Uh, so each episode will go through the next draft. I'll give you a couple guys I got right, a couple guys I got wrong. Uh, let you and Bucky uh, simultaneously guess, see if you can figure out who we're talking about without uh, revealing the names. Bucky did really well in the last one. Um, but before we get to all that stuff, Buck, I do think uh, sometimes there's things that happen in other sports that are worth mentioning that kind of fit in our lane uh, where we can learn something. And I think where we are in the Eastern Conference Finals in the NBA is is one of those moments. DJ, it's fascinating right now. I will unapologetically, I'm a Miami Heat fan. Um, I've been a Miami Heat fan since I started coaching. Part of it is because when you're coaching, you begin to look for programs and things that you can emulate or steal from or whatever. And so everyone always talks about heat culture and how they've been able to develop all these undrafted players and have success and the things that are built on in terms of conditioning and fundamentals and all that stuff. So I, I'm a Heat fan. But in watching this series, it's fascinating to me as a team builder, because coming from the life where we came from, it was all about trying to find the best talent. And now we are game seven on the horizon where we're kind of looking at what I would call a, a matchup between talent versus workers. And I go back to that quote that we've always heard, a hard work beat talent when talent doesn't work hard. And so the first three games of the series, it played out because I think you and I can be novice basketball fans and say the Boston Celtics are a more talented team. The Boston Celtics are a better team. We think about it in football terms, they're bigger, faster, stronger. And so normally, if you have the bigger, faster, stronger team, you win games. But because the first three games, they kind of slogged through and they kind of let the Miami Heat outwork them, they found themselves down 0-3. But I think the lesson to be learned in watching the Celtics is the Celtics had to learn how to work hard so that they could maximize their talent. Um, I had a thing when I talk to teams or young people, I always talk about what everybody wants is a blue chip talent with a blue collar mentality. You want a guy who is super talented, but he works like an overachiever because then they're going to get everything out of it. So we think work ethic, think about Jalen Hurts and how Jalen Hurts has been able to work his way into being, we talked about him being a top five quarterback the last time we got together. And so to me, watching this series is fascinating because I'm looking at the Celtics, I'm looking at the Celtics turn it on. And when you see their stars play at a high level and they exert the kind of effort and energy, they're a better team. But that's not their natural DNA. So can they sustain that and do it time after time after time? And, and so it's, it's, it's the, the, the yin and the yang between being a team builder. Do I want all the guys who work hard, who fit like culturally what we want, but you got nine undrafted free agents? Or do you want the more talented people that maybe you can show them how to work? So I'm just fascinated to see how this plays out in the end. Yeah, I wrote I wrote down a couple of different things because you actually brought this up in uh, in a text message saying you wanted to kind of go there and talk about this. And I mean, we've talked about the Heat before, and I've known about your fascination with them, and we've done studies and had great conversations on them. I went out to a playoff game last year, got to see it, kind of what it looked like there, Heat culture, the whole deal. And then I started saying, okay, man, I think that the as a series kind of flipped, that you've seen Boston – Take a little bit of that, right? Like you said, that they've, yeah. they've emulated some of that, and they've done it with more talented players. But some of the takeaways that I wrote down, like when you're watching these games, especially these last three that have been so contested, um, I wrote down every possession. Like, and I, these are things that carry over to football. Like every possession matters. Like you only get so many of these things. Think in a football game, how many? Like the number, how much fewer it is mm -hmm. in football versus basketball. Like. There needs to be a focus and an intensity on every single possession. And I thought, man, that's a great takeaway for a football team. Like, hey, 
you know, we can't give away two, three possessions with stupid penalties, you know, with not being focused, yes. not lining up in the right spot, you know, not maybe not, maybe you don't get the playoff, like you playoff in time, like you cannot give away possessions. Um, that was the first thing that I thought, okay, you know, the, the, the focus, the intensity, every possession. The next thing I, I wrote down was nothing easy. Like, especially you watch that game of the night, Buck. No, it's like old school. It was old school basketball. Like yeah. you're gonna get in there. Well, you hit your free throws, but no, we ain't, we're not giving you. We're not giving you anything. Um, and to the point where I, I, you could say Horford maybe t- too far, man. Like that was one of the worst fouls in, in, that I can ever remember. But I think oh, yeah. I think that mindset of we give you nothing. Like you get open looks. Like we challenge every single shot. Now that was that was a dumb foul going out on Jimmy Butler and fouling him on a three. But I think it was part of that mindset change a little bit with Boston, which was nothing is going to be easy. You are going to earn everything. Think about that from a football standpoint, like busted coverages, easy touchdowns. We're not going to be that team, you know, having an offensive line where we just fail to ID, ID the right guy and communicate it correctly. We get free run throughs. Like, no, we're not giving up easy sacks like that. Make the other team earn it. Nothing easy. And the last thing I wrote down was the importance of the role player. Um, I saw Spolstra after the game, and he said they asked him about that last possession. He said I was happy with that last possession. He said we, Jason Tatum wasn't beating us. Like that ball was yes. not. We we'll live with what happened. Marcus Smart missed a shot. It went to the one spot it could have gone to. They get a follow up tip in, and and we go off to game seven. He said I wouldn't change a thing because we were not going to let their A's beat us. If they beat us with their B's, they beat us with their B's. And those weren't exactly his words. That's my words, but that's what it is. But, but the importance of that. But that's what he said. And, you know, it, it's funny because all the things that you listed, we we have a similar mindset, having been around each other for a long time and seeing the game in a very similar viewpoint. Um, yeah, the Miami Heat were, were like, we're not going to let your best player hit the shot. If somebody else hit the shot, what we do is, hey, we'll tip our cap, we'll go on to the next one, and we'll live on. And we see that in the playoffs with NFL teams. Let's go back to the Patriots. The Patriots always talk about, we're going to make you play left-handed. Yep. We're not going to let your best player beat somebody else. If they have a miraculous game, hey, you know what? Your guy were better than us today. What you brought up to me is everything. So you talked about don't beat yourselves. So we have a thing, and this came from the Patriots or the Dolphins or whatever. We say DBOs, don't beat ourselves. In football terms, that's no turnovers, no big plays allowed, no pre-snap or foolish penalties. And then the final thing is no errors in the kicking game. If you have mistakes in those four areas, you lose games. In basketball, it's turnovers, rebounds, and free throws. If you turn the ball over, you're going to lose. If you give up an inordinate amount of offensive rebounds, you're going to lose. If you miss your free throws, you're going to lose the game. Mm -hmm. It's really as simple as that. And so there's a saying, and people hate saying this because it's a double negative. Man, before you can win, you got to learn how not to lose. You got to learn how not to give it away. Don't give games away because more times than not, the opponent is not disciplined or consistent enough to beat you. And so we're seeing this play out in the playoffs. It's not necessarily that people are winning the games. It's who's messing the game up. And so you don't have to get out of character and do all that other stuff to win games. You just got to be consistent and firm in those basic principles and you win a ton of games. Yeah. And and I mean, the last thing there... um the importance of kind of the role players think about how many big NFL games and go across sports uh, of guys with the role players. Not, I, I want to, you know, go, go, uh, you know, stay with the heat there. We can talk about the big three, uh, by Ray Allen in the corner that 
that kept mm-hmm. them alive. Like Ray Allen wasn't one of their, you know, he's a Hall of Fame <laughs> player, but he wasn't one of their, he wasn't one of their big dudes. Like that was the other guy. But my whole yeah. thing is like, you got to have those moments where I don't care if it's a corner and there's a play to be made on the ball. I mean, Malcolm Butler is a great example. Like Malcolm yes. Butler wasn't a star. He's a role player. But when his number got called in the biggest moment, he matched he matched the moment. And to me, I think if you look at any championship team, any sport, you call them glue guys, you call them role players, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. But like sometimes, you know, as you get further on in a tournament setting, those teams are good. They understand. They're well coached. They're going to take away your right hand. You better have your left hand. They don't have to be good for a full season. But when the moment like moments can't be too big for those guys. It can't be too big, but you know how it's not too big for them? You got to continue to develop them. And so, DJ, that means in practice time, that means in film session, instead of just coaching the stars, you got to coach the other players. And you got to coach them from training camp on. And you never can relent on, hey, well, we got the stars, so don't worry about that. No, you got to coach everybody so that they can be prepared for when that moment does strike. You need it. Think about how the season starts and the rosters that we have. And then think about who we're leaning on at the end of the season. Last year, we saw 70 different starting quarterbacks play. So guys that we used to talk about being throwaways, even in the draft, like, yeah, he can play. DJ, you end up leaning on those players in key moments, and you never think about that. And so that's why front office, coaching staff, everyone needs to be connected when it comes to hey, our plan and our process for developing players. One final point. This came out in The Athletic about the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics were down 3-0. They get whooped. They're supposed to have a film session. Al Horford, the leader of the team, goes to the coach and says, hey, coach, we need to cancel the film session. Let's cancel the film session. Let's go to Top Golf. Let's get together. And so, DJ, one of the under, I, I guess, overlooked things that we talk about in team building is the connectivity and chemistry. Yep. A lot of times when we talk about guys that fit, it's a lot of, oh, well, how they stylistically fit in the scheme. But you and I know from being in the locker rooms, it's the personalities that you bring in and how all of those pieces of the jigsaw puzzle must come together for you to win at a high level. And so based on that outing that they had at Top Golf, where they went and they just kind of like took some of the air out, got a chance to know and be around each other, got a chance to start laughing and giggling and all those things, they were able to reconnect. And when you're building a team and you're putting together a program, you can't underestimate the importance of making sure that all the personalities fit. They don't have to be the same personalities, but everybody has to kind of understand their role and they got to fit together for the team to have a lot of success. So you just mentioned the word and you took literally I'd already written it down and you mentioned the word because we hear the phrase, right? How many times you heard it's all about the team, right? It's all about the team. There's no I in team, you know, team, 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 Mm -hmm. team. To me, I, I don't like that word as much as I like the word program because to me, when I think of team, I think of, okay, in football, it's your 22 guys on the field, or maybe it's your 45 guys you know, that are active. Maybe it's mm-hmm. a three-man roster. Like, I think it's more than that. I think it's the program. I think it's the guys on your practice squad. I think it's having your strength coaches, trainers, your personnel staff. Like, we're all part of this same program. And if we, it, it's like a, it's like having a garden, man. If you, it, you know, you might have your, your big, beautiful bushes over here, which are your stars, and you just spend all your time watering those, and the rest of the, the rest of it dies off. Like, you've got to give attention and continue to develop everyone in your entire program. It frustrates me as someone who mm-hmm. watches high school programs 
I are there's yeah. coaches that think they are the coach of the team. They are coaching these, you know, 10 core players. And I'm like, yeah, that's great for this year. Next year, what about those freshmen and sophomores that haven't gotten any better that you haven't spent any time with? You haven't developed them. You're the leader of a program. You're not the coach of a team. That's a different mindset to me when you look at it that way. It is absolutely a different mindset. And it is one, I think in, in all levels, but in high school in particular, you have to develop everybody. Uh, one of the things, and look, this people have said that I'm crazy for doing it. So DJ on Friday nights, I not only coached the varsity team, but I coached the JV team. One of the reasons why I coached the JV team is my first year as a coach, a young mistake. I didn't know every, I didn't know the freshmen that were coming in. Yeah. So I would get emails about little Bobby, but I didn't know who little Bobby was. Yeah. And so it was really important that you develop and coach and have a relationship by name, by face, that they talk to you, you talk to them, that you know them because it is the connectivity and you have to develop them. And this comes from a uh, late coach is, is Fritz Shermer yeah. when we were in Green Bay and he talked about the team and everything. And he said, guys, this is like a big old pot of, of, of soup. Everyone has to pour in before we can dip out. So everyone has to put in your own individual stuff into the pot before we individually can take out because when we all have success, we all get the re results, but you can't start trying to do it on your own. And so from a program standpoint, everybody has to be connected and kind of going in the right direction before you can see the success that everyone will get elevated and get the accolades and honors that they want. And so you're right. It's a program, not a team. A team is this year, a program is everlasting. You want the program Teams to come be and solid. go, man. Teams come and go. That's that's a year thing. Like this is bigger than that. Like, and I think some people that that get that, and it's that's where you see sustained success. There's people that pop in. Oh, we had a year here. Hey, congratulations, you had a good year. The other teams, they're year after year after year after year because they're watering the whole garden. They're not just spending their one little time over here on that one pretty bush. No, I mean, and, and, and that's what it is. And, and listen to the great coaches that we've hear, heard in, in college football. When you hear Kirby Smart and Nick Saban and those guys that are always there, because the only thing you can want when you're building a team, you just always want to be in the conversation. You know that you can't win the championship every year, yeah. but you always want to be in that conversation to get to the playoff, to be in the mix. Because if you get in the mix, you always got a chance. So that's the ultimate goal, to always be in the conversation and give yourself a chance to win it. Each and every year. And as much as it hate is, I hate to say it, I hate to say it. That's what the Dodgers do. Like the Dodgers have a <laughs> they have a program. They have a way of developing players. They have a pipeline. They've let, I mean, and I've, you know, along with other people, I've criticized them. How could you you're the Dodgers? You have all this money. How do you let this guy go? How do you let that guy go? Look at all the shortstops they've let walk out of there. Corey Seeger, Trey Turner, Manny Machado, like all these people, they and they yet they still keep winning because they aren't a team. They're a program, and from that's from the farm lowest system. levels of their farm system all the way up to their major league system, and it's you know what they took from the Rays. That's where he came from, and uh, and obviously mm -hmm. the Rays continue to do their thing even after he left. So uh, you know, it, I think it transcends any team, any sport. It's a different mindset. We're not just thinking about this sliver of time with this few select guys. We're thinking long term. We're thinking about the entire program versus the individual team. That's chapter seven of our book that we need to write one day. <laughs> yeah. there you go and i can and i love the fact about you coaching the jv team you said people think you're crazy i think you're a mad genius i think that's so smart because you know what it's easy in an in a, in a era and we'll get on and we'll move on after this but in an era of 
of the transfer portal and where that's, as you have seen it in high school, mm-hmm. is everywhere. These kids are moving all over the place. And I, and I would just from the outside would contend it's harder for kids to, to hopscotch and bounce all over the place if they have a genuine relationship with their head coach. It wasn't just something that started when they became a great player. Maybe they're a sophomore or junior, but man, you're, you're around these kids as they're coming in as freshmen, developing relationships with them. And I would, I would guess, and I've never even talked to you about this, but I would guess that your ability to retain players is probably pretty good because of what you're doing with the JV team. Well, no, I mean, that's the thing. You like, you're supposed to develop them, but look, it's, it's, it's not only that. I think in college football, in the transfer portal era, your connectivity is everything. Yeah. If you're going to be able to retain the majority of your roster, it's because you're connected with them, not because, hey, we win a bunch of games, because guys are going on their own. you got to be connected from top to bottom to make sure your players continue to stay free. All right, no doubt. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll have this running back draft right after this. It's backyard barbecue season, so light up the charcoal or fire up the propane and throw some burgers on the grill. Some people like cheeseburgers, others like hamburgers, and people will argue about pickles until the cows come home. But there's one thing that needs no debate, Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. You add Hellman's and boom, next level burgers, it's that easy. And then there's the side that every backyard burger cries out for, Potato salad. Do you want to know the best secret ingredient? You've probably already guessed it. Tellman's Real Mayonnaise. There are two kinds of potato salad. Deliciously irresistible, rich and creamy potato salad and potato salad made without Hellman's. It's up to you what you want to serve. For great recipe ideas, visit Hellman's.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Toyota Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect way to get to the dog park. Oh, that's the vet's office. It's okay, Lulu. We can go to the park after this. Whew, that's a relief. You were so good in there. Let's get you a treat, too. Backseat besties. It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. You're probably careful with your personal information, but what about the other places that have it? Like the doctor's office that mixed up your files. They have your social security number. The power company that mistakenly cut your service has your payment info and last three addresses. And the hotel that lost your reservation has your passport info. Your information is in endless places out of your control. Any one of them could accidentally expose you to hackers and identity theft through lax security, breaches, or simple mistakes. But LifeLock monitors millions of data points every second and alerts you to a wide range of threats. If your identity is stolen, a U.S.-based restoration specialist will fix it, guaranteed, or your money back. With plans covering up to $3 million for stolen funds and expenses. Mistakes happen. Don't let not having protection be one of them. Save up to 40% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 40%. Terms apply. Paid by up-level rewards. Paid participation required. At your portrayal. Attention all listeners. Are you ready to earn $750? Well, get ready because I'm about to introduce you to Get750.com, the ultimate way to earn. Here's the scoop. Instead of just streaming shows or playing games on your phone for nothing, you have the chance to earn additional cash. 
That's right. From trying out new subscriptions to playing your favorite mobile games, you can get extra cash in your pocket. Simply sign up at Get750.com and follow the instructions to start earning immediately. So, what are you waiting for? Turn your favorite apps into real cash with Get750.com. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to earn rewards for things you're already doing on your phone. Check out Get750.com today. That's right. Get started right now at Get750.com. Just go to Get750.com or Google Get My 750 cash. Follow the simple instructions and get your $750. That's get750.com. Get750.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. All right, Buck, let's uh, let's jump into this here. Let's do a little running back draft. Um, I had the first pick on the quarterbacks, which means it's your turn. You get the first pick uh, as we go through the running backs here. Again, this is for this coming season, who we'd want on our team. And I know people are going to think this immediately think fantasy football. I don't necessarily thinking fantasy football. We're thinking of if we're team builders and we had the whole league available to us of who we could select to put on our team as we build an expansion team. Uh, to start next year, we're in our, uh, we have to win as many games as we can in the 2023 season. Th- these are the players we would select. You are up first. I had the first pick on the quarterbacks. You got the first picks on the running backs. I'm going to make a lot of people mad with this pick, but I don't care. Uh, number one pick for me in the draft is going to be Christian McCaffrey. Yep. And Christian McCaffrey as the number one running back is because he can do anything and everything that you need to do in the modern NFL. Christian McCaffrey is more than a running back. And it's funny because I'll give credit because Le'Veon Bell has been in the headlines this weekend talking about the petty exit. But Le'Veon Bell kind of foreshadowed what the running back position would become. RB1 wide receiver two. Christian McCaffrey is a number one running back, but is good enough to be the second wide receiver in any program, in any team. He can go out in the slot and do all those things and give you 100 plus catches. And so if I am starting a team and I can pick anybody, I'm picking him because he's the best to do it at that spot in terms of style of play. He can run inside and outside. He can go out wide. He can run every route on the route tree. He is dynamic, explosive, big plays, toughness. He has all of that. So to me, he is the new prototype for the position. Christian McCaffrey is exactly what every offensive coordinator is looking for when they're looking at a running back position. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you at all. I would have been my pick as well. Um, Man, there's, you know, you talk about somebody that, Look at the difference he made with San Francisco when he got there. I mean, people could talk about the value of the running back position. Look at that offense look like with that dude. Changes everything. Um, all right. Since this is wide open and since, you know, we love to get criticism and I love to fire people up, um, why not? Let's go ahead and do that because I believe more than anything else that this position is a young man's position. Um, to me, track records are outstanding. I love guys with track records, but I prefer a guy with fresh legs. Um, and I've got a running back that's coming into this league as a rookie that I think can do everything. I think he can run it. He can Ooh. catch it. He can line up in the slot. You can split him out wide. And amongst all these guys, Buck, he's got some fresh legs because he's right out of college. With my first pick, I'm going to go Bijan. I'm going to go Bijan Robinson. Wow. Wow. Holy smokes. I'm going to mute to my, oh, my God. <laughs> a guy we haven't even seen play. A guy we haven't even seen play right now is the number two running back in the draft, and I get it. And the reason I get it, DJ, and it's funny because it was laughable that in the run-up to the draft, we couldn't even talk about him as like 
the best player in the draft. We couldn't even talk about him as a top five player because the way the position is viewed and because it's been devalued and all those other things. But if I just go on and on about Christian McCaffrey, I could say the same thing about there's a lot of different things, man. And 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 I hate to say this, and I hate to put these lofty expectations on him. But DJ, when I watch him, he reminds me so much of LT, LaDainian Tomlinson. When, when you're thinking about LaDainian Tomlinson in his prime for the Chargers, and he's scoring touchdowns a million different ways, and his rookie season with North Turner, he catches a million balls out the backfield, and he can run it. He's kind of like that, that every down workhorse who also has the ability to catch. Man, I think B. John Robinson can do that. And even though you don't use the running back like that, if you needed to, you could. And so I'm excited to see what Arthur Smith does with him. And they look, they take a lot of criticism for taking a running back up there when they may have had other needs. But the one thing we know about Arthur Smith, he knows how to deploy a star running back. And so now with him and Tyler Argiers, what they can do and the games that they can play with those two running backs, to me, it's a perfect combination. He's an outstanding player. I thought I'd just, just, just mix it up a little bit for you there, Buck. That's all. Oof, gosh, man. All right, so I'm 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 next up. And so here's where I'm torn because your thing resonates with me in terms of what you wanted the position and track I mean like trend and track record and all that. But I'm gonna go with Saquon Barkley. And it's gonna be very similar to the same conversation that we had with Christian McCaffrey. Saquon Barkley to me is a little different because he's a little more hit or miss when it comes to his production. His production reminds me a lot of when I, I say this like yesteryear when I used to <laughs> be on the field when when Barry Sanders was playing, but it's a lot like that. It's two yards minus one, eight yards minus two, forty yard run. That's how Saquon Barkley is. He's so explosive. Uh, he's electric as a runner and a receiver. He has come back from that injury, and look, let's be honest, he carried their offense. He's the one that kind of shoulders the heavy workload for their offense. Now, we're talking about this year. I don't know how much longer we can kind of put it on him to be that guy. But to me, he still is the prototypical running back that everyone wants because he can do so much as a runner and a receiver out the backfield. Yeah. And, and look, that, you know, that's no argument for me whatsoever. That I was that was my decision was Bijan versus Saquon. And I did, uh, you know, to me, I thought they're both very versatile guys. I took the younger guy um, just you know, going with a little bit fresher guy. Now, I've said all this. I've got a young guy. Now I'm going to come back with somebody who's got a little bit of a track record here. Um, but Austin Eckler, Buck, I see him every week. You've seen him a couple times doing these Charger games. You see him live. Got, caught 100-plus passes last year. I mean, he is by far the best, you know, most productive receiving back in terms of what he's been able to accomplish. And he's going to give you double digits on the ground and in the air. Like, he, he, can, he can give you 20 touchdowns. He's done that. So, um to me, uh, that's where I'm going to go. I know he was a little frustrated with the offseason and, and the contract, but they gave him a little bit of incentives here. Um, to me, I, I just think about it. If if we're in a draft room and we're having all these running backs that are available, I just envision mm-hmm. the offensive coordinator of our team saying, man, look what I can do with Austin Eckler. Like, just He's going to score points for me. If it, it, At the end of the day, this is a game where you got to score points to win games. This guy produces touchdowns like nobody else, so I go Austin Eckler. So I, I, I like the pick and I like the trend that we're seeing. Everybody that we mentioned is a legitimate threat out of the backfield in the passing game. And it's very, very hard to imagine taking a running back high if they can't give you anything uh, as a rece- in the passing game. You have to be able to be a, a multifaceted playmaker out of the backfield. So the next guy I'm going to take, I'm going to go to the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going to take Josh Jacobs. I'm taking Josh Jacobs because – 
he gives you a little bit of the new school, but still he's an old school runner. This is a guy who is physical. He's tough. He does a great job of punishing guys at the end of runs. You look at his stat line. He was a leading rusher last year. He had over 1,600 yards. He had 12 touchdowns. You know, and I am one. I don't know if you, we, we talked about this, but in terms of big plays, he has 70 runs over 20, two runs over 40. He had a long of 86. Um, he, he, look, he, he's, he's an old school workhorse back who, remember, coming out of college, this is one of the things, because I remember you and I were split on him. You really liked him. I was like, man, I don't know if you can take anybody who hasn't had enough production. But because he didn't have a lot of mileage, you now can run him hard in the pros because he doesn't have the quote unquote injury history. He doesn't have any of that stuff that might have plagued some of the others coming in. Low mileage, high yield. We've seen that since he's entered the league. Yeah, uh, I'm a huge fan of his game, man. It's, some guys are just natural runners. He's a natural runner. He can grind out tough yards and he can catch it a little bit too uh, when you need him to out of the backfield. So I, I've got no uh, no problem with that pick whatsoever. Um, man, okay, I can go in a lot of different areas here. Um, gosh, there's an obvious pick. There's an obvious one that's out there. Um, but oh, man, I I, I wish true. I knew health wise where this player was. But hmm. based off what I saw in limited stretches, I'm I'm gonna go with Brees Hall here with my next one. Ooh, yeah! So Before the ACL, I, I yeah. thought he I thought he had a legit chance to lead the league in rushing last year. He was he was on his way fire there with the Jets. And then unfortunately, that game in Denver, he goes down. Elijah Vera Tucker goes down. Their season was over. Like that was that was a wrap. Mm-hmm. He made that whole thing go. So you know, in terms of where he's going to be at at the start of the season, maybe got to ease him into it a little bit. But as somebody with size, speed, the ability to really catch the ball, make people miss, do things with the ball in his hands. Um, I'm going there. So I'm, I'm, I'm again, Eckler's my veteran, but I'm surrounding my veteran with as many young studs as I can. So I'm going to go Brees Hall. Oh, man, I can just I can just see it because there are four picks left. Um, we got Brees Hall going off the board before some notable. Oh, names. yeah, we got some notable I mean, names. Some guys, yeah. some guys that have the guys have done it for a long time in the league. But as you have stated, it's a young man's game and you want young, fresh, dynamic and I look, I, I know this and I'm sitting there saying and I'm looking at the list. I'm looking at Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb and some of these other guys. But DJ Travis Etienne, I know he's screaming my name. He's calling my name because I'm looking at what he was able to do his first season with the Jags. Last year was the first season because his rookie season he didn't play. But you can already tell that he is going to get a hefty workload in terms of running, receiving. We saw him have flashes. We saw him put some big plays out there. And I'm looking at him. He quietly had 1,100 yards. He had it on only 220 carries. Uh, we talked about explosive plays, eight 20-yard runs, four 40-plus-yard runs, called the ball out the backfield. He has speed, the burn, and in an offense that should be more wide open this year, he's going to have more space to run because Calvin really is going to change the equation when you have him and Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram and Zay Jones. Travis Etienne is going to be a big force, and I think you may see – fewer fewer rushing yards but maybe more of an impact as a receiver guy's good so i'm gonna take him yeah i like that in fact that was going to be my number i was going to throw at you because i always like to during these episodes i did it last week look at some next gen stat stuff and see what pops so i did it with running backs this week buck because obviously we're having the running back draft so i went rushing yards over expected guys that had at least 50 carries uh so you know what they're expected to get they exceed it by this number number two on the list was travis Etienne. 
263 yards over expected. So average 5.1 a carry. He was excellent. Um, so I, I love that pick there. The, the thing is, the guy that was the top of that list was one spot over him was Nick Chubb. So I'm going to go Nick Chubb, Ooh. who had more rushing yards over expected than anybody else in the league. And people might be looking at this and say he should have been gone a lot earlier. I can't argue with that. We kind of went with the younger, uh, fresher bodies, but nobody runs as, as physical and as violent and as tough as Nick Chubb. So uh, I'll go Nick Chubb right here. Oh, I like that. And look, he was next because I was like, Nick Chubb, I'm not going to have the dog pound at me. At some point, <laughs> I was going to fall on the sword and I was going to take him. I mean, the guy rushed for 1,500 yards. Yeah. He had 12. DJ, like, it's funny, right? I just talked about all those big plays. He had the most 20-yard runs, 20-plus yeah. yard runs in the league with 13. Physical, I think he and Deshaun Watson are going to make the Browns kind of sneaky as an outside It's a talented, it's a talented like, team, man. It's a talented team. Talented team. So if they get it together, they, they could be a problem. All right, so I got the last one, and this is uh, this is tough, man, because I'm sitting here and I'm looking at the guys that are on the board. I got Aaron Jones on the board. I got Derrick Henry on the board, Miles Sanders. But I am going to go a little bit enough to go. I'm going to go with Najee Harris Ooh. from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I hope we haven't already wasted Najee's best days the first two years in the league. Because I felt like he was running into a brick wall those first two years, even though he's gone over a thousand yards each season. But this year should be better. Kenny Pickett being uh, more confident, more comfortable in the offense. George Pickens, who I expect to emerge as a big breakout star, should give him more room. Najee Harris, when you go back and watch him at Alabama, man, he could run, he could catch, he could do everything. Does the same stuff in Pittsburgh. I just want to see if they can utilize him more than just being the sledgehammer that's running in between the tackles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think this offensive line is going to be so much better. And I think if Darnell Washington stays healthy with what he does as a blocking tight end, uh, even as a rookie, I think you give him a little bit of a runway. We always said it when he came out, dude just needs a runway. You got to give him a little bit of a runway. He might actually have one this year. Uh, so Najee there, I like that. All right, last pick. And like you said, we've got some big names that are still sitting out there. Um, this to me comes down to three guys for me in this spot. I'm looking at Jonathan Taylor. You know, getting a full season out of him. Hopefully he stays healthy. The group in front of him stays healthy. That's an option. Um, Tony Pollard, um, we know what he's done sharing that load and how impressive he's been. Um, it's his show uh, there in Dallas, so that's an interesting one. And then obviously Derrick Henry, Lifetime Achievement Award. I mean, you got to consider him for what he's been and what he does. Um, you know, just a unique player. Uh, I'm going to go Jonathan Taylor. That's going to be my last one here. Home run hitter. Um provides that physicality as well got to keep him healthy got to get the group in front of him to play a little bit better i think they will um shane steichen coming in there i think when you have uh you know when anthony richardson gets out there whether it's week one week four whatever um, when you have to account for him as a runner i think it's a monster year uh for jonathan taylor so i'll go jonathan taylor there as the final pick buck oh the combination of jonathan taylor and anthony richardson running all kinds of zone read power read stuff could be problematic the main thing is how quickly the young quarterback develops if he gives them anything in terms of explosiveness or big plays early in the season, you are going to see Jonathan Taylor's numbers absolutely skyrocket. We saw the effect that Lamar Jackson had on the Baltimore Ravens running game, and they have had a running back that hasn't even been close to the explosive player that Jonathan Taylor is. And I'm not saying Anthony Richardson is that, but if he is able to give you some of what Lamar Jackson does, some of what Jalen Hurst does as a runner, it is going to open up the field for Jonathan Taylor, and he could put up big numbers as a runner in this 
you know, this this unique collegiate like offense that used the quarterback as a runner. I think it's a good collection of backs uh, is what we've come away with here. And if you flipped it, if you flipped it and said, like, I'm looking at my guys, if you said that I want Jonathan Taylor first, then Chubb, then Brees Hall, then Eckler, then B. John Robinson, I don't think people would it wouldn't even they wouldn't even bat an eye. So, I mean, it's the same type of way with your team. Like, you can flip them around. C-Max's his own deal. I think he's he's the top guy. I think we would both agree on that one. But outside of that, shake them up, man. Shake them up and go with whatever flavor you like. And so here's the thing, because I am like, look, I carry the flag for running backs and all that other stuff. But DJ, when you just think about, like, the short, I would say the short lifespan in terms of guys, like, let's just think about guys we left off the list. Derrick Henry's not on the list. Dalvin Cook's not on the list. Alvin Kamara is not on the list. Kenneth Walker put, off for a good rookie. Kenneth, yeah, yeah. Kenneth, Kenneth Walker. Yeah, Aaron Jones. So just think about the good players that are there, but think about the young players that are coming. Because Kenneth Walker was close to being included on the list for me. I mean, it's like a young person's game. If I was in a front office every other year, I mean, every year, I think you can draft the running back, but every other year, I'm going to draft one in the top three rounds yeah. so I can be ready well, to go. Third round. Because we've yeah, seen We've seen we've seen the sweet spot is the second and third round to get these guys and look man I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep turning it over because you have to have a bunch of them because when you don't have one it impacts the way the quarterback has to play. Um, all right, let's do some quick hits and misses and uh, we'll wrap this bad boy up. We're gonna go to the 2017 draft here, Buck. Um, so we're gonna fire away here. I'll go I'll go with the hits first because they're both going to be running backs. Um, both these guys I had rated pretty. Uh, pretty significantly higher than where they ended up going. Um, and so I'm going to give you uh, the two players, and then uh, these guys were both ended up being uh, good hits here. So the first one was 5'11", 3. Uh, so 5'11", 3, 210 pounds, ran 4'49". Um, I, I said he's got excellent football character. There was some concerns about some stuff off the field. Uh, this dude destroys angles. He, he can step out of tackles. Uh, he refuses to go out of bounds. He needs to get a little bit better in pass pro. He can catch the football. Fumble's been a little bit of an issue. But he was my 15th player in that draft. Woo. Um, so this is tough because I have two guys in mind. Uh, let's guess and go with Dalvin Cook. Correct. Ooh. Correct. Yeah, he was my he was my 15th player. Where did Dalvin end up going? He ended up going, what, second round? 41. Second, second round, 41. Yeah. 41 first overall. So and and to me there was you know there was some talk and some chatter about him and oh there was a lot of chatter yeah he needs to go to the right place and uh, and he did he's uh, he's had an outstanding run there with the Minnesota Vikings all right let's get to the next one and you you already know you know who this one is Um, this was my twenty sixth player he was five one one two two fourteen he ran four four six transferred for play time. Um, he's uh, never had more than 18 carries in a game. He's sudden, he's explosive. He's a natural pass catcher. Um, he can make people miss. He, uh, the, the tackles that he broke six tackles on one play against Vanderbilt that was showed you all you need to know. I thought he was an easy evaluation. He was my 26th overall player. Uh, he went significantly later than that and has been significantly better than that. Uh, would that be Joe Mixon? No, uh, not a ooh. transfer. Oh, that's right. Transfer. Never had more than 18 carries, Buck. That's your that's your key. Oh, that's Alvin Kamara. Correct. There you go. Alvin Kamara. Yes. Mm-mm-mm. He was one of those ones oh. where, again, like that, there's certain guys like running backs. I feel like that's a position where you can kind of see one play and, you know, not to like, so, like scout. You see one play, and you're like, oh, okay, it's all in there. I don't care how many times he touches the ball. That's a, that's a team problem. That ain't a him problem. 
So here's the funny thing. You remember, uh, I guess, last week when we had a conversation with David Shaw, we talked about watching Christian McCaffrey's workout at the combine and how he ran routes, whatever. What we didn't talk about was it was not only Christian McCaffrey, but Alvin Kamara was also working out. And they went toe-to-toe in terms of running routes, catching passes, and doing all that other stuff at the combine. Alvin Kamara actually changed the game. And what has happened, I would say, in New Orleans, he was – not that he hasn't been good as a workhorse runner, but he was almost better as kind of like the side entree. Like they had the physical running back and Mark Ingram or somebody else. Alvin Kamara was just kind of able to kind of pop in and out, do things in the passing game, do a lot of different things. Um, I think with the heavy workload, he just kind of gets worn down. You see some of the injuries and stuff pop up, but well, he can do a lot of damage on the limited touches. You don't need him to do, touch the ball a zillion times. He can you touch it thirteen to fifteen times and do a lot of damage, and he does. And 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 I think that has been the recipe. But he has been fantastic. You're right. At Tennessee, he he didn't get it enough. He should have got it more. But fantastic player. All right, here are the two misses. Let's go to and there's trust me. There's always a lot more than this. I'd narrow it down, but two. Let's start with a tight end. Um, undergraded him. He was 6036, 247. He ran 452. Um, plays in line, a lot of pivot routes. He's got a second gear with the ball in the air. He's built kind of looks like a fullback when I was watching him. A lot of wheel routes. He's a very physical blocker. Didn't think he was a smooth route runner. Uh, turns out he was playing injured with an ankle uh, that year. But again, the big number there is the 452. He tested like uh, like a freak. Ooh. Know, limited production. Say, yeah, when you say physical blocker, that eliminated who I originally was thinking about, which was Evan Ingram. That throws him out because he's not a physical no. blocker. No. Um, no, but I, I had Evan Ingram kind of where he got picked, and he's kind of been you know, pretty much what I thought he would be. This guy was picked later as a tight end, and as a, he's one of the best in the league, so it was uh, obviously a miss. Mm. I don't know who that is. I'm going through. I'm looking. Oh, George Kittle. There we are. There we go. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's correct. Had to dig down. Had to go deep down in there. Look, yeah. had to dig Fifth down. Round. Fifth round. You know who went before him? Jake Butt from Michigan. I know. Man, I know. do you remember how much we liked Jake Butt? Unfortunate injury uh, in the yeah. thing. But man. I was at the game when he got hurt, too, in college. He got hurt in that I mean, bowl game against Dalvin Cook, who we were just talking about. Florida State, I, Michigan game. I, I actually remember, I don't know, he, you text me and just were like, man, Buck, I don't think this was good. Like no, I just remember, bad, yeah, man. yeah, and I, you know, he never, he never was able to fully bounce back from that. But he was one of the ones that we talked about. But man, George Kittle, you talk about the injuries, the lack of production at Iowa, uh, got a bad rep there. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. coming out, like a lot of stuff swirling around in terms of him. But man, he's outplayed it. And when you go back and you think about Iowa, tight ends that Iowa has produced. I mean, just another one this year. Sam see another Laporte one this year. What you, Sam Laporte is going to tear it up. By all accounts, looked awesome in their mini camps. I mean, they just, they just, they just have a way of of getting those guys to play at a high level. But yeah, George Kittle, man, everyone, the league, the league missed on that. But but we always like to say, what's the lesson, right? The lesson, and that's something that we've learned going back. Um, is tight ends has been a traits position more than any any other position in the league. The the forty time and the athletic testing has been a better indicator of success than it has been at other positions. Uh, it is it, production production at tight end is is in college is solely dependent on your, who your quarterback and play caller are. You can't control that. Mm, you can't control it, but in the National Football League, it is a position that can be developed. It's also one where you can create the production for them with a great play caller. So. Yeah, if if you have the traits, 
you have a chance. And we've seen it time and time again. And so it'd be exciting to see not only can Kittle continue to dominate like he has, but some of these other young guys that come in with supersized dimensions and great talent. All right, this next one here is another mess. This is on the other side of things. This is somebody that I had as my 34th overall player as a quarterback um, and has has not has been a bust. So it was uh, too high of a grade, definitely a mess. 604-2, ran a 4.84. Um, the, uh, let's see, comfortable in the pocket. I uh, thought he needed to play with a little more urgency. He's a physical runner. I uh, thought he fell off the mound a little bit, so falling off to the left, forced some balls, and he did have to play, he did have to play in three bad weather games. Um, so that was, uh, in the Texas game, I went and watched live when he played against Texas. And I said at that game, I thought he looked like the first overall pick and that was the best that he was. And since he's been in the league, he's done nothing. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Wow. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I don't have anything for you on this one. Zero. Who is, who, so, is, who is this? I, I said, I but he was my 34th player. Oh, so he's my thirty-fourth player. Thirty-fourth player. I don't have. I think Texas is the game. The Texas game is the game. Yep. He was. uh, I can't tell you because I think you're looking on like the the list of picks. But um, he went. I was a little higher on him than where he went. Not a ton higher, but nonetheless, it didn't reveal it. it. I'll I'll pass. Kaiser. Kaiser. Okay. Oh, he was the you, 50, he was the fifty second pick. He was my thirty fourth player, and uh, fifty two was too rich. At fifty two, he wasn't. He, he didn't live up to it. But uh, I'll, I'll I'll lead you to the question there. What did what was uh, what was missed on Deshaun Kaiser? Uh, you talk about man. I missed on him major. You talk about <laughs> thirty four. I look. I was sitting here thinking that the kid would be up there in that draft. You talk about. Oh, I praised him on television. When he got picked, I praised the pick. I was like, man, 52nd yeah. pick? That's a good value. He's my 34th yeah. player. I, I man, thought, so. You got Trubisky. You got Holmes. You got Deshaun Watson. I mean, I had him up there. I thought he was going to be a great player. He had size. He had attributes. But, DJ, I don't know if you remember this. You remember when Brian Kelly came on with us during that year? Yes. That was weird, right? He didn't diss It wasn't him. what he said. It was what he didn't say. Yeah, but he wasn't. Super complimentary in terms of whatever he he gave us he gave us very stock answers. Now that you look back at it, and so um, I would say the thing that was missing one he went to a terrible situation. He wasn't ready to play, and I think there was some immaturity so there. This was it. Here it is. Look, I, I pulled it up. Uh, uh, Brian Kelly does not believe former quarterback Deshaun Kaiser is ready for the NFL. He should still be in college. He said, Ooh, "Yeah, Ooh. immaturity. That immaturity." Yeah, the immaturity, the immaturity play kind of kind of showed itself, you know, because he didn't handle adversity well, bounced around and never really, never really kind of came out. And even when you hear him now, he hasn't necessarily owned some of his shortcomings when it came to why it didn't work for him. And so it may speak to why it didn't work for him, because he couldn't acknowledge, hey, man, here's where I need to get better. This is where I got to go from here to be able to kind of carve out a career for myself. One of the other things, too, the lessons for me was when I go back and through, through those notes, I didn't think he had urgency. And, you know, to me, people use different words, right? Here people talk about processing, um, you know, twitch, urgency. Like, those are all technically different things, but I think it all works together. Whereas I think it's hard. It's, it's easier to slow somebody's clock down a little bit, maybe, than it is to speed it up. 
what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you don't have any twitch urgency, like this, like bing, bing, bing. Like this, it's hard to describe it. You know it when you see it. But when you have somebody that's kind of lethargic, if you're lethargic, it's hard to then get you juiced up and get you going. You know what I mean? Like I just thought he didn't play with enough pace, urgency, twitch, quickness, whatever term you want to use. I just thought it was too, too nonchalant back there. Yeah, that's a nice, that's a nice way of saying it. Um, I think sometimes you want to see a little more fire out of your quarterback, yeah. and it, but it has to be authentic. But you want to see a little more. You called about mm, gumption, those yeah, things. A little, um, something. Yeah. yeah, a little, a little more. And you know, it's funny. Like looking back at Brian Kelly, and I will say this: Brian Kelly's always been very transparent with us whenever he's been able to come on, and he knows exactly what he's looking for, and he talks about it. He talks about toughness, and he coaches. Look, I know he's had to change his style for TV. But he coaches guys hard. And so for him to say that he wasn't ready, he knew. And he was like, yeah, he's another, another year college. He's another year. Yep. He was right. Amazing. He was right. That's amazing that he said well, that. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It's pretty crazy when you go back and look at that stuff. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you think about it, like this is a that's a great point, is that you should never, never just brush aside these comments. Cause you remember when Coach Mora came on about Josh Rosen. Same and he thing. said, who would you take? He said, I'll take Sam Darnold. And then, then he kind of had to walk it back a little bit, um, you know, in, in the press, like in the days after that. But, and it wasn't that he said anything bad about Josh Rosen. It was just, that he didn't give him the full endorsement. He didn't give him a rousing endorsement, but yeah. in looking back, I now have a greater appreciation because he was right about yes. his player. And sometimes we have to, we have to read the tea leaves. If the coach doesn't give a, because it's almost like running for political office. If you can't get an endorsement from your head coach, it is a problem. <laughs> it's a problem. Yeah, no, that's uh, yeah, it's a great point. It'd be an interesting study if you're listening to this. Go back through uh, yourself so you can find some other examples of guys who did not get a full endorsement. Um, mm -hmm. Who the coach ended up being right about? I bet you there's other ones we're not thinking of, but. Uh, Anyways, uh, this was a fun one today, Buck. Anything else you want to get into? Who do you like, by the way? This, this, you might be listening to this. The game already happened, but I know you're a Heat fan. But who do you like in Game Seven? I'm gonna go with them, but I'm going with them, and only because everything, like Eric Spolson, all them said that everything they've done has been the hard way, right? They lost the first game of the play-in tournament, you know, <laughs> so they lose the first game, and then they barely beat Chicago to get in. Then they knock off the number one seed, and they've continued to go on, and so. I'm going to say that they find a way to have enough resilience and grittiness about them to bounce back. To me, this is a fascinating case study in how can you get your team ready to bounce back after heartbreak? And can you separate things that happened before in a one game? Because people always talk about, hey, it's one game. It doesn't matter. There's no carryover. But the natural emotion and human inclination is to be like, oh, my God, we lost three in a row. But then if you tell Eric Spolster, like, well, yeah, but they lost three in a row. And then they won three. <laughs> At the end of the day, however you get the game seven, you're in game seven. So I'm just excited to see how people play in the championship game. Because, as you know, there's no pressure like a, a game seven. No pressure like playing in a conference uh, championship game or a Super Bowl. So I'm excited to see how people respond. Yeah, I, I would just say I think I'm going to lean towards Boston, but in the in the vein of the draft, as we just did a running back draft, and that's what we're doing on these episodes, I would say I think we both, 
if we said we were having a Game 7 draft of who you want in a Game 7 with those two teams, Jimmy Butler would be the first pick for both of us. That dude, he's going <sighs> to thrive in that environment. Man. He may thrive because of the toughness, but DJ, here's the thing. like, If you go and we talk about like talent, I think it kind of reminds me, it might be a little bit of like, when we did the Kansas City Chiefs, Philadelphia Eagles, did we do like a draft of the best 10 players? Yeah, yeah. Did we talk yeah. about that? And it was like Pat Mahomes and Eagle, 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 yeah, Eagle, Eagle, Kelsey, right? Yeah, two, yeah, so, two of those guys, yeah. Yeah, so, so right now what you're looking at is I think the only guy that you take from Miami over the first four or so guys of Boston might be Jimmy Butler. But Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, everybody else, it kind of yeah, leans in that. And, and normally, man, you skew towards talent. This would be a, a test of the Celtics' toughness because they should win because they're a more talented team. Are they tough enough to do all the dirty stuff that you have to do to win? Yeah. Well, I I, I would imagine it's going to be an avalanche by the Celtics early, and then the Heat are just so tough that I just don't think they'll go away. I think they'll stay in it and see what happens. Yeah, no, nah, that first quarter is everything because it's going to be juiced up. But I will say Ooh. this, having, having played in stadiums where we were the favorite team playing at home, if that thing is not an avalanche early, yeah. it flips – and the pressure becomes more on you because the angst that you feel from yeah. the stands. And so that first quarter is everything in terms of establishing how the game is going to be played. No doubt. Um, all right, man, this is fun. Appreciate you guys hanging with us. Uh, we will be back later in the week with another episode. Uh, we'll figure out which position we're going to next. We might, uh, we might. I think we'll do wide receivers. Let's stay on offense. We'll do wideouts next episode. So be on the lookout for that one. Uh, we'll continue that series as well as the hits and misses series as we march through the summer and head towards the 2023 NFL season. We'll see you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. 
And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.